Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary's latest book is The Customer Conundrum, Nine Crucial Steps for Winning Customers and Outsmarting Your Competition. He's also the author of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Morning, good morning. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on WSDK 1550 AM. It's great to have you along for the ride today. We have a great show for you, so stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, with none other than Scotty Nell Hughes uh, today. Uh, we've got her on deck, a three-segment interview, and I'll tell you what, Scotty is one of those ladies who just hits it out of the park. Uh, really, really great interview, and today we're going to be talking about a very, very timely topic, and that is U.S. foreign policy and its impact on us as individuals and as business owners. Uh, you know, stop and think about it. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're listening today, whether you're coming through the radio or uh, or listening on the computer, uh, stop and think: What do you really know about U.S. foreign policy? How much do you pay attention to things that are going on in the news? Um, you know, I watch a lot of the polls uh, that are you know that uh, come up uh, on TV and uh, and some of the commentators who are out on the street talking to people. And one of the things that amazes me is just the the little bit that people really know about what's going on in the world. It seems like there are there are three groups of people. One uh, is a group that is tuned in to what's going on, and that seems to, that group seems to be in the minority. There's another group uh, who really doesn't have a clue about what's going on. I mean, some of them think they do, but they don't. But there's a larger group, I think, of people who have just, uh, they become apathetic. And maybe it's because we're bombarded by, uh, by news items all day long, or maybe it's being bred by, uh, by a distrust of the media. Uh, not really sure what the cause of it is, but, uh, but definitely there's a whole bunch of people out there who just, uh, who just don't care. And uh, that's what we're going to try and talk about today. Is, uh, is the whole concept of how do we go about realizing the impact that U.S. foreign policy has on us as, as individuals and business owners. And more importantly, when we get to our final segment with Scotty today, we're going to be talking about what do we need to do about it. You know, Scotty Nell Hughes uh, is a great, great lady. I'm, I'm blessed to have her as a friend, uh, but she currently serves as the news director for the Tea Party News Network. Her stories include both on-the-street interviews uh, and, uh, and entertaining yet revealing interviews with some of the most notorious names in both politics and Hollywood. Uh, her interviews have been linked on top sites like the Drudge Report, Breitbart, The Blaze, World Net Daily, The Daily Caller. Uh, and several of her stories have uh, have gone viral on the internet. 
She's also appeared numerous times on shows like The O'Reilly Factor, Hannity, Fox and Friends, America's Newsroom, The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson, Your World with Neil Cavuto, America Live with Megyn Kelly, uh, Varney and Company, Lou Dobbs, uh, FBN Markets Now. Uh, and that list goes on and on and even includes uh, you know, companies like the Canadian Broadcasting Company and the BBC. Scotty also serves as a columnist for townhall.com, townhallfinance.com, christianpost.com, and she's a contributor to Patriot TV and patriotupdate.com. And it's interesting that she's also a former politichick. Uh, most recently, Scotty was named by Right Wing News to their annual Top 20 Hottest Conservative Women in the News Media for 2013. And she won the 2012 Blog Video of the Year by the National Bloggers Club uh, at CPAC. So she's a real powerhouse. She's a high-energy lady who is, uh, is beautiful both inside and out. She's a great Christian woman. Uh, but she's very, very raw, very upfront with uh, with her, uh, both sharing uh, the the knowledge that she has and also giving her views on on interpreting that knowledge. So, with that, let's jump into our first segment with Scotty Nell Hughes. News Network, and those of you who are familiar with the Gary Smith Show will know that Scotty was on a few months ago. Uh, We talked about her new book, Roar, uh, The New Conservative Woman Speaks Out. And today we're going to launch into some other territory. But before we we get started on our topic today, Scotty, thanks for coming back on the show again. It's just great to get a chance to talk to you. Oh, it's fantastic to talk to you as well. And there's so many things going on. And thanks for having me back on to go over all of the gamut of issues going on in today's world. Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. And I'm really interested to see where the, where the conversation goes. But today we want to talk about uh, U.S. foreign policy. And I know that a lot of our listeners are going to be sitting back saying, what on earth does that have to do with business and personal development? Because that's the content of my, of my show. But I promise you, there are some things here that are, that are going to resonate with you. But Scotty, as we start our conversation, you know, as I was thinking about the whole foreign policy issue, it seems to me just kind of based on my own casual observations that there, that people in the United States seem to be on one spec- end of the spectrum or the other. You know, I see a lot of people who I guess I would kind of classify as news junkies um, who really get into the whole foreign policy thing, but but not in a positive way. It's more of a complaining, condemn, and criticize. And there are other people who are on the other end of the spectrum that I kind of class as Jesse Waters kinds of people who it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I really don't care. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, anything that happens outside the border of the United States really doesn't affect me, so why should I worry about it? So maybe starting our conversation, we should talk a little bit about why should people in the United States be paying attention to foreign policy and, and what this current administration is doing? It's very simple because as we have seen in these past few few months with the drop of crude oil and you've seen the conflicts that are happening around the world, it does affect the American economy. And if it gets to the point where it's past what we can handle just by diplomatic relations, as we're seeing what's happening, it looks like in ISIS right now with the president going to Congress saying, give me, give me the power to send boots on the ground back to Iraq, we get involved. Our young men and our young women are sent over there to get involved. So thanks, you know, 
on one hand, we love technology, but this is a drawback. Thanks to technology today, it has truly interwoven all the countries around the world onto one basic system. And if one area is hurting, I guarantee it will affect you. Maybe not today, and you might not realize it outright, but it will affect you here at home, whether it's in your pocketbook, whether it's in, in your own family structure, and if you have people that are involved in the military, or in actually just, just, the whole, just the whole gamut of what's going on in the United States today. You know, I think that's an interesting observation about the technology, too, because when you think back to uh, like World War II uh, and the Korean conflict and things like that, because we didn't have that interconnected technology, um, it took a long time before things were really accurately reported about what was going on. But now with uh, with social media and everything that's going on, not only are we able to see instantly what's happening in other parts of the world, but then you take organizations like ISIS that are using social media as a way to grow themselves. And so it, it really cuts in so many different directions, doesn't it? Oh, completely. And, and that's the thing that we have to realize right now. And unfortunately, in this hand, I think the terrorists are above us. I think those that are out actually to do negative and do harm are, have actually, they're ahead of the game on this because they've realized how to utilize this technology to link everybody together. Um, you know, for the longest time, we were so fearful when, when we were starting to really see the power of computers in our lives. We were always said, you know, the biggest threat was the fact that they would come in and they would wipe out our systems, that they would wipe out electricity, they would wipe out. That's what we're learning might not be that that's the that's the easiest that's the easiest way to do damage but what we're seeing right now is this slow idea of terror the slow idea of, of seeing things you know a video released here now we've got this threat right now with 300 marines in, in at a, a base that's been basically cut off because of isis and we're watching that story develop in front of our eyes this is now a slow version of terrorism a prolong almost a, a version of prolonging a, a certain death or prolonging where at least you know when, when the technology first happened if they were to come and they were going to wipe out our bank accounts as we were originally afraid of or if they would, you know, sit there and, and seize our electronic grid, that would be instant. This is something that's going longer and longer, and you have to wonder, what's more damaging? Are we basically right now, because of our foreign policy and our lack thereof, stick our head in the sand foreign policy, both economically and diplomatically, are we basically acting like crabs in a, in a pot that's being brought to boil? That instead of, you know, if you throw a crab into a boiling pot of water, it's just going to jump right out, it can get right out of a frog, but if you have it in there and you slowly bring it up, I feel like that's what we are right now. And then unfortunately, it will already be so engulfed, it'll be so, we'll be so consumed by it by the time that we realize how much trouble we're really in. Yeah, and it seems to me that, you know, uh, to use sort of another analogy, that it's almost, you know, with ISIS and this whole marine-based situation, it's almost like the cat playing with the mouse. Uh, you know, if you ever watched a cat catch a mouse, you know, and it, and the cat will you know will do just enough damage so that the mouse isn't going to get away, and then it starts playing games and just reaching out and swatting it and knocking it around, but it waits for a while before it goes in for the kill, and and that's almost what some of this stuff seems like. I mean, I'm thinking too of the of a thing I saw on TV the other day where uh, you know you have now ISIS is is reaching out to military families and saying you know to the wives and children whose husbands are deployed, we know who you are. We know where you are. And so the, so the threat is coming, you know, not only against our, our, our actively deployed military people, but it's coming home. No, and that's, a, you know, the cat and the mouse is another great analogy. That's a perfect analogy right now. And then you have to wonder, 
when did the United States get the idea that we're the mouse? When did we become the mouse? And, and these, these guys that are in hoods that, you know, six, weeks, six months ago might have been riding camels and using guns from 1970s. When did they become the powerhouse? When did they become truly the controller of the situation? And they've done that in part thanks to technology. And, and that's the one thing right now that, that we have to realize as the United States. And so what do you do about it? Do we send James Taylor over to saying you've got a friend in me? Maybe to them will that do better? Of course not. And like you point out, we're starting to hear these stories. And, and the truth is, here in the United States, unfortunately, we have allowed, in part thanks to, you know, kind of this political correct society we live in, this literally undoing, this infrastructure of, of these Islamic, if we're finding these Islamic militants already here in our communities. So they are here. They, they can't get a hold of us. And each one of these threats are not something you can just brush aside because they are happening. And we're seeing these issues happen. You know, we saw what happened um, at, the, at, the, at the plant last year, I think it was Oklahoma, where the woman unfortunately had her head taken off, um, severed, you know, from an Islamic extremist that had been recruited. And guess what? Do you hear about that now? Have we heard about the trial of him where the exact opposite, where ISIS sits there, and when they sit there and, and they carry out their actions, it, they make sure that every social media stream has it, that every media outlet's reporting on it, that they're focused on it. What do we do when an issue like this? We call it workplace violence, and you never hear whatever happened to that person. You never hear of how we sat there and, and tried to any of his friends that might also be involved. You look at down and what happened to, when we had the shooting down in Texas at the fort. We don't hear any of that. And that's what's extremely dangerous right now. And I think, you know, if you want to look at him more, you know, that's just from a physical standpoint. We can hear that threat. Economically, we're just as much in trouble right now because you're looking at over on what's happening in Greece, which I believe is truly, if you want to look at what America can become when we become an entitlement nation, like we're going down that path, look at Greece right now. And Greece is extremely dangerous. Um, and then obviously you've got Putin in, in Ukraine right now, which if you believe that this so-called ceasefire that's been struck is truly a ceasefire, fire. Um, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you for $5 because it's not that easy. Something, you know, while yes, the Russian people are under huge economic sanctions and getting very upset with their president. There's a threat, you know, an internal rebel uh, brigade that's kind of started been rising. I guarantee Putin's not the kind that's going to say, you know, what, we'll just leave you guys alone. Don't worry about it. Good luck being a country. So we've got a lot of real powder takes right now around the world that we have to be focusing on. And like I said, it's not just the, the physical act that we're dealing with, like with ISIS, but it's also the economic act. Both can be just as dangerous to the United States. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, and we're going to continue that conversation, but we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and we'll be right back with some more with Scotty Hughes. Hey, this is Daniel Fazina, host of the Divine Intervention Show, inviting you to join me every Sunday at 4 p.m. on WSDK. Divine Intervention is the interview show that features intriguing people who've experienced the hand of God in amazing ways. Moses parted the sea, Jesus drove demons out of people, and even raised the dead. Are these types of events still happening today? Tune in to Divine Intervention to find out as we feature people who have experienced miracles, answered prayers, deliverances, healings, and more. More information about the show, free download, and podcasts are available at our website, divineinterventionradio.com. Divine Intervention, Sundays at 4 p.m. on WSDK. I believe in miracles. Are you struggling in your personal or business life? Do you keep trying to achieve, but it seems like it's always one step forward, two steps back? 
Have you given up on ever achieving your dreams? If any of these questions evoke a positive response from you, then you need to tune in to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on 1550 a.m. WSDK. Each show addresses at least one subject related to business or personal development and achievement. Our goal is to give you Bible-based, in-depth information that will enable you to find a path forward into the blessings that God desires for you to have. Come join us every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. and begin building the foundation of knowledge that you need to move your life, your career, and your business to the next level. Set your schedule to listen to The Gary Smith Show every Saturday morning at 11 on Life Changing Radio, WSDK, 1550 a.m. Bright skies and pleasant breezes continue across the Connecticut Valley this afternoon, upper 50s, mostly clear tonight, seasonably cool, mid to upper 30s, Slight warm-up tomorrow with lots of sunshine, low 60s. bit milder Monday with mostly sunshine, mid, maybe upper 60s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. This is Life Changing Radio, WSDK. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show, where we're talking with Scotty Nell Hughes of the Tea Party News Network. Um, it's really interesting. This last segment that we were talking about, though, the whole concept of technology is something I want to talk to you about because on the one hand, it's very positive from the standpoint that we get almost instant information about the things that are going on. But the big question that is always looming in my mind is what's your source of information? And there, you know, it gets back to the fact that now that we have the World Wide Web and this whole Internet thing out there, what is the source and are the sources that you're going to for your information uh, validated sources or, you know, you know, there's there's a lot of data out there, but there's not a lot of good information. And that's one of the things that I appreciate. And I've, I've searched out, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the news sources that I use and I make sure that they're validated in what they're saying and that they really check things out. I mean, I think the classic example of a screw up there was uh, Rolling Stone magazine uh, this last uh, last week or so. Uh, with the whole, uh, you know, rape thing at the uh, University of Virginia. I mean, they came out just because it's a sensational story and they make a big deal out of something that's not true. Uh, and, uh, and that, you know, that creates a lot of problems all the way around and it discredits the media. And so you really need to be focused on uh, not just getting the information that's from an angle that you want to hear, but really searching for the truth. And that means that in many cases, uh, you, you can't take that source and just automatically assume that because it's coming from CNN or, you know, it's from ABC or whatever, you know, whatever news outlet you're using, you can't just assume that, the, that it's true. Uh, and you also have to be very careful about what's being reported as news and what's being reported as commentary. All of that stuff is very important. That's one of the reasons that I uh, that I look to Fox News for a lot of the stuff that I uh, work with, because uh, they really do a good job of validating things and checking things out. And when it is commentary, when somebody is putting it out there as their opinion, they're very clear that this is you know this is what their interpretation is, uh, and not necessarily what uh, you know what the the facts are related to the uh, the news that's being reported. Anyway, with that, let's get back to our uh, segment. Our second segment with Scotty Hughes as we continue talking about U.S. foreign policy. 
Okay, we're back with Scotty Hughes, and we're talking about foreign policy and its impact on us as individuals and businesses and our economy and things like that. So, uh, Scotty, we started talking just before the break a little bit about Greece and the things that are going on and, and what the United States can be if we continue going down that road. But from your perspective, uh, as, you, as you look around the globe, what are the key uh, foreign policy uh, issues that you think we really need to be paying attention to, and, and particularly the ones that you can think you think can really dramatically impact us economically as a company, a country. No, I think you, 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 there's so many great topics that you've just brought up. So let's let's start with number one. Let's talk about Greece and why I believe that we really need to look at Greece as an example. Greece, prior to going into it, they were truly what became an entitlement society. They mandatory raising their minimum wage past what most of their companies could could afford, and said that the government would subsidize. Sound familiar? Um, then they they sat there and said, "Okay, we're going to reduce what the work week is for you. You need to take more breaks." They literally did everything to make it seem like almost a lazy society. And then they're surprised when they basically go bankrupt. And so when they have the bankruptcy and they elect this new government, it's a very leftist, progressive government, they realize that they have the entire European Union by the whole. Because what they did is they took a bailout. They took a, you know, they basically took a bailout to stimulate their economy, words that we've become very familiar with here in the United States. And now they're going, hey, we can't pay it back. And so here's your options, uh, European Union. Either A, you basically forget the loans, all the, all the billions of dollars that you've lent our banks, you know, to help keep us going, or B, we're just going to pull out of the European Union. You're going to have mass, you know, mass chaos on your side. That while they only represent two to three percent of the EU's total budget, the big issue here is that they're not the only ones that took these bailouts. And so, if they sit there and say, you know, we're not going to be a part of the Union, European Union, you have France. You have Spain, you have Scotland, you have this, uh, four or five different countries that took bailouts as well. And if those countries say, well, you know, Greece was allowed to get away with it and, and not have to pay it back, well, then maybe we shouldn't either. And you could see a complete blow up of, of the euro right now and the complete, literally when their economies, all the European economies collapsing, if those countries say, you know what, we're not going to pay back our bailout either. And so those are the issues right now. And what you have is just like we have with ISIS, you have this small little country that's very corrupt, uh, almost a version of evil considering what they've done to the economy, government in Greece right now that's saying, okay, here's the deal, we're not going to pay it back. And the, EU, the EU is coming back and saying, okay, you know what, we'll work with you, work with us. We'll, you know, we'll do a further extension of the repayment, um, maybe a lower interest rate, perhaps a, a prolonged moratorium on the debt service. Um, the key is we just want to see that you're doing something in your country to reform it. And the Greek government is saying, nope, we still want a higher minimum wage, and we're still going to do everything we can to drive business out of our country. Sounds really familiar on a very microcosm scale of what the United States right now is doing, and so that's why it's so important that we that we watch what happens over there, and so more importantly, that we we stop it. What's going on over here? And yet here we're seeing this this, this raising the minimum wage debate is driving businesses right now out of Oregon or out of Washington, and all these states have raised their minimum wage. I did a story last week, in fact, talking about how you had a. Um, on a smaller scale, a company that literally only had 100 employees, and they turned around and they closed their doors out of Washington and moved them down to Reno, Nevada, because they could not afford the higher minimum wage. Staples 
right now, and this has to do with Obamacare. Staples is in, and literally the CEOs in this like this little you know hissy fit with the president because he's saying, guess what? We can't pay our employees more than 25 hours per week because then we're going to be held liable to give them health insurance that we can't afford. So he's literally hired on all these part-time employees or reduced full-time employees to part-time. So now not only are these employees not getting insurance, but now they're also making less. It's not good for actual Main Street, but it sounded great to President Obama when he's like, I'm going to make sure that everybody has health insurance. And these are the issues that we're sitting here and we're facing and we're looking at you know, what's happening in other countries and seeing what's happening here in the United States go down that same path. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's the thing, you know. But but there again, I mean, the thing I I come from an engineering background, and so I'm used to looking at numbers. And uh, and there's a fellow, he's dead now, uh, who was a wonderful Christian man. His name was uh, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, and uh, and he was a statistician. And and one of the things that he, one of his key phrases that I have clung to my entire professional life is, "In God I trust. All others, please bring data." And, and when I look at it and I see the way the data in this country is being misused, uh, so the president will come out and say, well, unemployment is at an all-time low. Yeah, well, labor participation is at an all-time low, too. Uh, you know, so when, when we really look at the picture, I think that the, that the people in this country are being misled because we're being told the economy is improving and that unemployment is going down and, and, and that sort of stuff. But when you really look at the full picture, it's not true. It's not happening. And, and I look at the businesses that I work with and the people that I coach, and, and they're not feeling it either. So um, you're right. You know, those are, you know, those are really, really critical things. But let's talk about some other things. What are some of the other things other than other than Greece? What are some of the other things that are going on in the world that either are directly or have the ability to impact our economy here and, and really put us into more of a tailspin than we're already in? Well, let's look at gas prices. That's probably, you know, that's one of the things that all of these different, um, different interesting topics, these foreign policy issues are ha- all have in common. There's oil at the root. And where there's oil, that means there's money. But gas prices, we as Americans um, have enjoyed being able to go to the pump and, and have these lower gas prices. I remember when it was, you know, getting close to $4 for me to fill up my, my gas guzzling car. And now, you know, I can fill it up for $1.99. We are seeing them generally start to increase. But for the past three or four months, it's been kind of nice to have that extra change in our pocket. But at what cost? Because if you remember going into the fall, going into those November elections, there was a couple things that were really pressing people's minds. High gas prices. We were wanting to become more energy independent on ourselves. Fracking. We were wanting more of that. Keystone Pipeline. People were pushing for the Keystone Pipeline to get passed because we're like, if we have more oil, we have more reserves here than they do anywhere else. We don't have to worry about the conflicts in Venezuela. We don't have to worry about anywhere else if we became oil dependent on ourselves. Meanwhile, over the Middle East, you have the Saudis, who mainly control the oil that we have, going, oh, wait a minute, United States, um, they, they, they've got, you know, they can get the oil from Venezuela, they get their, we, Russia, they can get it from all these other places. We need to drive it to where we're the only people that supply oil, and we need to make sure that we make it look so good that it doesn't even make sense for the United States to depend on our, their own. And the reason being is because the Saudis, believe it or not, even though we're finding they have strong links to ISIS and strong links to terrorists, the Saudis are scared to death of their friends, their neighbors, Iran. And they know that if the United States doesn't necessarily have to rely on them anymore for oil, then they're kind of sitting ducks and that they can become just as a part of this whole chaos that's going on in the Middle East. 
So while I'm, we've enjoyed as Americans these prices going down, what they've done is basically driven Russia into um, oblivion. Their economy is part of the tailspin of Russia becoming so desperate to sit there and hold on to the Ukraine, deals with oil. Venezuela is having their issue right now. And we've seen this issue. There's not the pressure right now to become as oil depend- independent because, well, we're kind of happy with the oil that we've got right now. All of our prices have gone down. Uh, Keystone Pipeline is a very good – so that is a direct effect on Keystone Pipeline. Going into the November elections, that was one of the top five issues you would hear on the news all the time. We're going to push, push, push. And the Republicans and the Democrats and the House and the Senate, they, they found this common ground, and they passed Keystone in the House, and they passed Keystone in the Senate. But now we're sitting in – and I imagine if he hasn't already this morning, we, he's got 10 days to President Obama to sign that veto. Now, prior – to all of our gas prices going down back in October, I guarantee you would see marches right there. And I guarantee if the president signed the veto, he would have absolute chaos on his hands from a people standing and saying, no, sign the Keystone bill. But now he's going to veto it, and we basically expect it, and we're just going to let it happen, and we're just going to go, you know, try another route. That's the issue right now. So oil right now is a big, a big part, and we're going to see the prices going up. The other funny thing that I thought about Washington, D.C., and this is just how they work, as oil prices were going down, you saw politicians saying, hey, it's time to raise this gas tax. You guys need to give us more money. You guys have extra pennies. We want it. Those greedy politicians. And so thank God, you know, majority of states have been able to stop. Now, they say we haven't passed a gas tax, you know, in 20 years, 30 years. It doesn't matter. The key is once you pass a tax, very rarely does it ever get repealed, as we've learned. And if these politicians were really wanting to help the United States and help our economy by, you know, raising the tax to pay for new roads and new funds, then they would sit and say, you know, let's attach it to the gallon, not necessarily to the price. And the gallons of gas that you use and not the price. And that's the one thing that we're, we're – or the price of gas, not the gallons. Sorry, the exact opposite of what I said. Because then when it went down, the gas, the tax could go up because we could. But when it went back up, you would see that tax be reduced. Those are the things that we need to, do, need to deal with, not necessarily. And, and so that has a major issue right now. And obviously a lot of these conflicts that we're finding are all attached to oil. Yeah, and that's uh, it's it's frightening, and uh, and you're right because we really do, you know. I mean, think about how our how our economy and how how we could affect foreign policy if we were in a situation today where we could basically thumb our nose at the rest of the world and say, between the gas and the oil, the natural gas supplies and the oil supplies we have here, we don't need the rest of you guys. You know how you know that would put us so much more in the driver's seat if we if we really wanted to be there, but uh, but but it is it is a tremendous challenge and it's stuff you know the gas prices are stuff that hit us you know hits us right in the pocketbook because I remember when the gas prices were pushing four dollars here and now it's so nice to see I, I think the last time I bought gas a couple of days ago it was back up to like two fifteen here but even two fifteen is an awful lot better than than you know than four dollars <laughs> you know it's exactly. A, and you saw this also, and you saw this, you know, all of a sudden you've seen in the past four months, the one thing that did save while retail sales were down over Christmas here in the United States, the one thing that really was up was auto sales because people have been driving cars, you know, for the last few years that they were not able to trade out of. Low interest rates have helped. And so a lot of people went out and bought cars. And not only did they not buy these little Priuses, um, they didn't buy these little, you know, because originally we were all studying to demonize the SUV. They went and they bought the SUVs because that's what they wanted, because that's what they needed because they had big families and they like to carry things and they like the big trucks because that's what they used to work with. And so all of a sudden you saw, you know, you've seen autos have absolutely surged. 
emerged, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, but the problem is, if they continue to raise these gas prices, you're going to see the auto industry go back into, into recession, which is where they've been these past few years. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question about that too, Scotty. From from your perspective, I mean, you were talking about the Saudis and them being very, very fearful uh, about what's going on and about the United States achieving any level of you know of of energy independence or buying from other sources. And then, so they've been keeping uh, the prices of oil artificially low, if you will. Do you think that part of that too is that they they want to either uh, to, to maybe lull the United States into a false sense of security because now the oil companies are going to look at it and say, well, gee, if we can buy the oil so much cheaper, that makes the investment that we're going to have to make in achieving our own energy independence here in the United States less attractive. Do you think that that's part of the reasoning too? No, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that's definitely a, a clear example because you have, you've already seen um, domestic rigs are being shut down right now because it's just too expensive to run them when gas prices are this low. Um, so you've seen domestic rigs being shut down, and once once they're shut down, it's not easy to start them back up. And that's exactly what the Saudis wanted to do. You're seeing, you know, the president wants to sit here and we, you know, supposedly unemployment's down, uh, more people have jobs. You know, we're seeing a raise in, in our in our wages for those that do have the jobs, and nobody trusts those numbers. Um, we all know that they're going to be adjusted two weeks later after the news isn't necessarily focused on them. Um, but the, you're seeing these, you know, the oil industry is not just the oil industry. It, it's, it's the people, those towns that they support. And so we've lost a lot of jobs, especially up in, you know, around Texas and Oklahoma. We're seeing that. And it's going to take a few months before that actually kicks back in. But unfortunately, by then, to, to get everything back to where it was, our oil industry actually was probably one of the most thriving industries here within the United States up in until this crunch happened. And so I think you hit the nail on the head. That was the whole point, this false sense of security. And to get it all back started again, either A, people are going to have found other jobs, or B, it's just going to be too expensive to get back in. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think you hit on another really key point there, Scotty, and that is uh, when, you, when you look at the makeup of industry in this country, most of the industry is what I would call cottage industry. It's, you know, small mom and pop shops, typically with less than 100 employees. Um, and and yet when the bigger companies are are affected, it affects, it, it affects the cottage industry. And the, a good example, when I first got out of college more years ago than I'm willing to admit, one of the first companies I worked for was Caterpillar Tractor Company in Peoria, Illinois. Huge, you know, huge, huge operation. And yet... When you looked around the Peoria, just the Peoria area, Caterpillar supported 2,500 small businesses. And so when Caterpillar went on strike or when there were issues that, you know, that affected production or when they lost a big contract somewhere in the world, it wasn't just Caterpillar that was affected. It was all of these other little companies that were supplying products and services to support Caterpillar's operations. And so there really is a domino effect that happens there when, uh, you know, when there's a, a major slowdown in a large oil company or something like that. It affects, you know, entire uh, micro economies in the areas where they where they where they're concentrated. 
No, you're completely correct on that. And that's, that's the one thing that, you know, and they don't realize that. And, and that's something that the liberal progressives, they just fail to mention sometimes when they, they talk about, you know, we need to care about raising the minimum wage and everybody needs health care. That all sounds warm and fuzzy, but that takes dollars. And dollars usually, you know, they want to talk about the 1% and, you know, they, they want to sit there and demonize those that are successful in business and, you know, these big CEOs. Well, guess what? Those CEOs are paying for lots of people underneath them. And so when you take money, you know, this is the, this is the great idea that we had with trickle-down economics. There truly is something called trickle-down economics. And while, yes, I am all for these, you know, millionaires and billionaires uh, having these big houses, the majority of them want to take care of their employees. And so it does trickle down into the economies that are around them and these small little municipalities around them. And that's what's really scary right now as to who the balance of power is. I think that's probably our, our problem in the world today. We, our balance of power is flipped. And so how do we flip it back? Where is the opportunity that we have, whether we're talking about leadership and standing up to terrorists like ISIS, or whether you want to sit there and talk about economically with Greece right now sitting there holding the EU basically um, at gunpoint going, we're going to leave if you don't like what we, we want to do, and we're only 3% of you. Or you have here domestically in the United States where CEOs are literally being punished um, and are going, you know what, I can't make more than this. Even and it, with tax time, I'm sure you're sitting there looking at your own taxes. Last night, my husband and I were looking at it. And I realized that I, I fell. Um, I was so proud of myself. I, a personal benchmark that I always wanted to have. I was like, look, I'm, I, you know, for the first time, I, I've worked this hard and we've got this much money saved. And I realized that I was just a couple, I was just a few dollars short of this benchmark that I had set for the year. And I was, I was actually very upset with myself. I'm like, why did I not, you know, I could have done this. I could have done this extra speaking engagement, or maybe I could have, um, you know, done this extra hit to, to make it over it if I would have known. And, my, and literally my husband looked at me and said, you know what, if you would have gone over that threshold, that would have literally put us in another tax bracket and it would have cost us three times what you would have wanted to make. That's when we're sitting here and we're punishing people for hard work in this country and we're rewarding those that are staying home and not working. We know that the balance of power is off within the United States. Oh, absolutely. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, Scotty, I want to continue our conversation in our final segment here. And I want to talk about what do we do? You know, we've identified a lot of the issues, but let's talk more about what do we do in order to be able to turn this thing around. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Does the Bible impact your life? Tune into the Proclamation Point of View with Pastor Steve Thiel of Christ Proclamation Church, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. and 2.58 p.m. Pastor Steve will faithfully teach from the Bible so that the Spirit of God might use the Word of God to impact the people of God, that your thinking might be changed and your life transformed. That's the Proclamation Point of View with Pastor Steve Thiel of Christ Proclamation Church in Windsor, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. and 2.58 p.m. on 1550. Are you happy with where you are in life? Do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more? Hi, my name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and 
clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, today. Dry breezes and enough sunshine continue to dry things up a bit across the Connecticut Valley this afternoon. Upper 50s, mostly clear, seasonally cool, mid to upper 30s tonight. Then a bit of a warming trend into Monday with sunshine tomorrow, low 60s, mostly sunny mid, maybe upper 60s by Monday. Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. 1550 AM, this is Life Changing Radio. Okay, welcome back to our final segment here on the Gary Smith Show, uh, where we've been talking with Scotty Nell Hughes about uh, U.S. foreign policy and the things that are going on around the world, whether it's Greece or ISIS or oil, uh, and and the impact that we have. And and part of the problem that we have here, folks, is that we have been lulled into a false sense of security that big government in this country is our friend, and it's just absolutely not true. Uh, more and more, the more money we pour into the government. An old friend of mine used to say that uh, paying taxes to the government is like feeding hay into a horse. It goes in one end hay and it comes out the other end nothing. And that's the situation that we've gotten into, and yet we keep uh, marching down the road, spending more and more. And as Scotty was pointing out at the end of this last segment, you know, we're, when you're in a situation where you punish people for hard work, where uh, she was in a situation where she had the opportunity to uh, go out. She could have made a little bit more money, but if she had, she would have pushed herself into another tax bracket that would have, uh, you know, that would have cost her three times in taxes what she earned. Now, that sort of setup, when we run into that, that's just wrong. Uh, you know, people should be able to be rewarded based on what they do, uh, and the government should stay out of those things. So those are some of the issues that we have to deal with. But, you know, one of the things we need to talk about as we go into this last segment is what do we do about it? How do we as an American people, and specifically as Christians, how do we respond uh, to these situations, and and what are some of the positive things that we can do uh, to make sure that we uh, are having our voice heard? So with that, let's jump back into our final segment with Scotty Hughes and talk about what is it that we really can do. Okay, we're back with our final segment with Scotty Hughes. We've been talking about foreign policy, and we've been talking about a lot of the issues around the world, things like Greece and ISIS and things that are going on in uh, in the Russia and the oil problems that we've been facing and, and, and that sort of stuff. So, Scotty, right at the end of our last segment, you know, we started talking about, you know, what do we, you know, what is it that we need to do? So for the last few minutes that we have together here, let's focus on, okay, we've identified the issues. As an, as an American people, individually and, you know, and as a country, what do we need to do to turn this thing around and, and get this ship headed in the right direction? Well, the number one thing that Americans need to do, they're already doing it. They're listening to the show. They need to become informed. They need to become engaged. They need to interact, and they need to realize that everything that's going on around the world in Washington, D.C., and their local state offices is affecting them at home, and they need to care. They need to care. They need to care enough to go to their neighbors, to go to their PTOs, to go to their Bible school, Bible study classes, and they need to encourage others to care. We have gone too long being able to just turn a blind eye and not pay attention to what's going on because I will say this and this is a, this is a, it's kind of a knock but it's also a, a pro um, that politicians today they're, they're, they're are almost like puppets 
um, because their per- their strings can easily be pu- can easily be pulled. Unfortunately, right now they're being pulled by lobbyists and the and the big gamers. But the American people ultimately can be the puppet string as they should be of politicians. So when we sit there and we watch, you know, we load up phone banks to say, hey, make sure that you don't vote for this budget like what we saw originally, or we get people, you know, illegal immigration, pull the the immigration bill that you've got off the off the table. When we get active, when we become engaged, we see results. And that's the number one thing the American people can do, because we still do have the power, as our Constitution says, when it says we the people, we are the first part, the most powerful branch of government. And so when we see us get involved and we see those issues happen, you know, here in the state of Tennessee where I live last week, a great example of this, the, the, pre, the, the governor, who is a Republican governor, wanted to push through a version of Obamacare through, through Tennessee called Insure Tennessee. The people became engaged. They read it. They realized what they were basically buying into, even though it was being sold by a Republican, they saw that it was really Obamacare that this state has fought off so far um, coming into our state. And they got down there and they had red shirts on and they walked through that the Capitol and they walked through legislature. They went and saw their legislators. They called. There were petitions. And guess what? It got pulled. It did not go through the day before the, the governor's State of the Union. The people still have the power. We still have the spirit. That's how our founding fathers set it up. They were so wise in their council. So for the next two years, you're going to have to watch and you're going to have to sit there and encourage others. We cannot turn a blind eye in those issues. So that's number one is getting informed. And by listening to shows like this and paying attention to the words that you say, um, it's honestly the number one way that we're going to be able to opportunity that we have in this country. Number two is to actually sit there. And while I don't want to say, you know, not do what we did in the 80s, not become such a a monetaristic society where it, it matters the car you're driving in the house and spending all of our money and overloading ourselves in debt like we've done in the past, thinking, eh, at some point maybe the government will bail us out. Be responsible. Save. Invest. Go, you know, honestly, go invest in the market. There are some really good opportunities right now for people to make money in this country, in the stock market. You just have to be very smart about it. You have to sit there and do your research, but you can find those opportunities. You know, oil will come back up. The United States oil, it will struggle, but it's one of those that will eventually come back up. Tech stocks, healthcare, the only industry right now that's making money. There are great opportunities for, for people in the United States to invest in. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've seen those retirees lost a whole bunch of the 2008 crisis. And with interest rates being low, this doesn't necessarily help them. Interest rates are going to go back up. Um, while that's a negative when it comes to taking out loans, it helps those people that are savers and those that are older. So let's, you know, realize the economy that we're in. Do your homework. Do your research. Find those stocks. Find those bonds. You know, unfortunately, while the government is sitting here and saying, you know, you save anything, we're going to tax it, as we saw with the president wanting to do for those of us that have saved for our children's uh, colleges, we can push it, we can pull it back. So save, save, save. You don't have to be frugal. You can still enjoy life, but don't sit there and do what we did in the 80s and the 90s and just spend and buy just to buy. Wow, some really, really powerful, uh, powerful stuff there. And I agree. I think that there are too many people who live so far beyond their means. I mean, some of the statistics that I've heard is that, you know, uh, the average American family has less than $1,000 in the bank and that uh, something like 60 or 70 percent of the people in this country are uh, are less than uh, less than three months 
from filing for bankruptcy if they if anything happens and they lose their primary source of income. So I think that that's very very wise advice. And and you're right. There are there are a number of good investments out there. There are still a lot of solid companies and a lot of solid sectors uh, where people can invest their money and uh, and earn a decent rate of return. But the whole the whole concept comes back to being responsible and realizing uh, that not only are we responsible for our families economically, but we're also responsible for the, the economic health of our country, whether it's by setting the right example in, in our individual homes or whether it's contacting those people uh, and, and getting together in groups and saying, guys, no, we're not going to do this. You can't spend money that you don't have uh, and, and forcing the government to be fiscally responsible too, which I know seems like a giant challenge, but it can be done. That's exactly it. And we can do it. We've done it before. Um, and unfortunately, we, we, we really don't have a choice because it's not that, you know, the, the bailouts that we've already taken have come from China. And I think I just read a statistic just came out, in fact, that China's economy, unfortunately, their retail sales are going to be better than ours when they're released later on today. Um, we, we don't need to take any more bailouts from foreign countries. We, we believe this country was built on personal responsibility. And so it's up to us to sit there and hold those accountable for it, but we have to show the example. You know, Paul, I would say politicians need to set the example at the top, but we also have to set the example within our own homes and not thinking that you know, we're just going to be bailed out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're at the end of our time together, but Scotty, if you would, just take a couple of minutes and tell everybody uh, in our listening audience who you are, how they can connect with you uh, and the Tea Party News Network, how they can find out about your book and those sorts of things. Fantastic. Well, first, you do an amazing job, and I'm, I'm so grateful, and we're so blessed to have a solid voice like yours on air. So thank you for having me on for these past few segments just to talk about these things. But go every day, folks. Go to tpnn.com. We have a whole rash of stories. Yes, there's you know opinion journalists, and we'll say we're opinion journalists. Unlike Brian Williams, uh, you will get the facts and the opinion in there. It's coming from a very conservative Tea Party perspective. So tpnn.com is great. You can catch me every night on uh, Making Money on Fox Business Channel at 6 p.m. Eastern with Charles Payne. And, and definitely, if you like what I'm saying right now, I say the exact same thing on air. Never, never edited, never monitored. Say, tone it down. Um, it's the exact same thing. We practice what we preach on there. And then, obviously, you can find my columns on not only TPNN, but Town Hall. And Roar, the new conservative woman, speaks out is a great gift because I actually say, men, we need to give you a break. Um, things like Disney princesses and, and movies that come out, sit there and give women a false expectation. But at the same time, you need to step it up and you need to become the head of the household again. Oh, great way to end the show. Uh, Scotty, thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, I, I so appreciate the message that you're putting out there. And that's why I wanted to have you back because I just, I love the way you approach things. I love your, you know, your just raw honesty with telling people like it is. So Keep doing it. Keep up the good work, and hopefully we'll be able to have you back on the show again. Fantastic. Thank you, and God bless you. Okay, so that's our uh, conversation with Scotty Hughes today and uh, and really, really powerful final segment there about the things that we can do. And, and my question to you is, will you will you take the time? Will you become informed and care about what, what's going on? Because our government really is we the people. The government needs to work for us, not us for the government. Uh, and anytime we're in a situation where we live in fear of our government, we have a problem, folks. Uh, and the only way to overcome that is to be informed about the things that are going on and, and be engaged. Engagement produces results. 
you know, if all of the all of the people in this nation who claim to be born again believers in Jesus Christ would stand up and with one voice say no more, this country would be a tremendously different place than what it is today. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I remember from a number of years ago, this is probably going back 25 or 30 years ago when uh, Jim Dobson was with Focus on the Family, they would bring up issues and they would get on the air and they would say, please contact your congressman, you know, contact your elected you know, officials and let them know how you feel about this particular issue. And yet the, one of the things that he always said was that time after time after time, when they were putting this information out there, he would sit back and say, where is the Christian church? The Christian church, it's, it's like we're timid. We will not stand up and have our own voice and say, guys, this is not right. We want to get our country back to what our founding fathers intended it to be. So number one, you know, become informed. You know, really care about what's going on and and use sources like the Tea Party News Network and Fox News and organizations like that to get the truth about what's going on out there. And you make sure that you're making informed decisions about the things that, that are going on. You know, uh, secondly, as Scotty was saying, don't don't be a keep up with the Joneses kind of kind of person. It's it's we, we have an attitude because we've become such an entitled society in this country. We have an attitude that says he who dies with the most toys wins. And it doesn't need to be that way. You know, we need to be fiscally responsible. We need to learn to save and we need to teach that to our children so that our children will be responsible members of society. You know, it's interesting because I, I drive uh, a 2004 Hyundai Elantra. So the car is, what, uh, 11, going on 12 years old now. It has 210,000 miles on it. And you know what the difference is between my car and my next-door neighbor who drives a Mercedes? My car is paid for. And that's you know, learning to be in a situation where we don't live, you know, we live always within our means, and that we put, you know, put stuff away for a rainy day. So in the event that something happens, we have the ability to carry over and, and be able to endure some of the things that are going on. Uh, you know, that's really, really important. And teaching your children by setting the example, really, really important. I want to say thank you to Scotty for uh, for being with us today. Uh, as she said, you can go to tpnn.com, the Tea Party News Network. Check her out there. Uh, watch her on Fox Business, uh, Fox Business Channel, uh, and uh, and you know stay stay abreast of the thing that she's doing. You know, she's she's really really great. She stays on top of things. Her research is solid. Her opinions, I think, are right on target. Uh, so you know, follow her and follow people like her. And uh, and keep your uh, you know keep yourself fresh. Um, some neat 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 things coming up in the furtherance of this kind of conversation that we've had with Scotty. One of the things I'm trying to do is to reach out to best-selling author and uh, spiritual leader Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. I want to have him, if I can get him, I want to have him here on the show to talk about two books that he has written. Uh, one is called The Harbinger, and the other one is called Shemitah. Uh, and it's uh, dealing with, uh, you know, with Bible prophecy and what's going on. Uh, how, is, uh, how is Bible prophecy going to affect Israel? How is it going to affect the United States? And also, if you have not, uh, you know, if you know, go out in your calendar for May 6th, 16th at 11 a.m. You will not want to miss the show. We're going to have international best-selling author Bob Berg is going to be here. 
Bob has written a number of books, but we're going to be talking with Bob about The Go-Giver. If you are interested in pursuing success and you want the real uh, keys to unlocking success in your life, you will not want to miss this broadcast. We're going to have a great time uh, with my good friend, Bob Burke. With that, we are going to close down the Gary Smith Show for another week. Thanks so much for being with us. We hope that you really enjoyed the show. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And as always, live your life on purpose. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.